Hey everyone, it's Yash Chithre with the Turn on Engagement podcast. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a great guest, Mike Dallas, Senior Vice President of Employee Experience at Manulife Financial. Mike's going to tell us all about the last two years at Manulife and what was it like for the COVID experience, specifically how did it influence the employee experience, employee engagement, and how they communicated and kept the workflows going and employees engaged. Some really great tips he's going to share, some great initiatives. Definitely stay tuned. It's all coming up next on the Turn on Engagement podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Turn on Engagement podcast. This is Yash Chitre, and I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me today, uh, I've got Mike Dallas, who is the Senior Vice President of Employee Experience at Manulife Financial with me today. And Mike is going to talk to us um, all about what happened over the past, oh, gee, almost two years now. Hard to believe it's, it's coming up on two years. Uh, two years since, you know, the world turned upside down and COVID-19 started. And uh, you can imagine a company as big as Manulife Financial with several uh, diversified operating units um, in North America, Asia, all over, um, how they reacted, uh, what they had to do, what they had to put into place, um, and and how has that succeeded, and what does that look like today and in the future? So, Mike, thanks for joining us. Gosh, great to be here. Really looking forward to it. Great, great. So take me back. What was it like in the early days of COVID-19 last year at, at Manulife? Uh, you know, how did it start? And uh, um, what was that What was that initial reaction like? Yeah, it, it's really like most companies, especially global. It, and we had a little bit of an advantage, I think, that we have, a, as you mentioned, a strong Asia operation. So we got some early indications as the pandemic was, was starting that we would have to pivot large portions of the workforce to home office. Um, so right. we leaned into that pretty aggressively early on. What was interesting for us is we were really on the precipice of trying to drive the, the Microsoft Teams space as more of an embedded part of our culture. And we had a long roadmap of intended training and, and approach that would have been later than the pandemic um, timing would have suggested. And we made the in-moment decision to just go, go bold and turn that on for everybody everywhere and let people organically learn how to embrace a more video-based culture. And so one of the main things we had done right away in the pandemic was to, to drive hard to a Microsoft Teams space encourage video usage right away. Um, and that really helped our groups lean in. We also worked hard to see where we had um, inventory of PCs, monitors for people who needed them. That was a bone of contention in the beginning, but we really pivoted hard to home office and, and embracing the new tech as a first stop to get people uh, working and just stabilized. 
Right, right. And it's interesting because, you know, I think uh, tools like Teams were, were there and companies had access to them, but not everybody was using them or was comfortable, you know, going on video or using things like that. So what was the employee experience like? Were they were they quick to adopt it? Did, you know, did everybody want to turn their cameras on at home and, and you know, interact in this sort of new normal? It was interesting for us that we really wanted to lead from the top and make that a shared experience. So we did press hard in the beginning for leaders to set that norm, the cameras on regardless and, and embraced people having pets and, and children and, and other things in the background and, and, and show the humanity. That's one of our core values. And so I, I think it really stood well for us in, in raised engagement, the experience of being in this uncertain time together and having the leaders show more humanity and vulnerability because they yeah. were experiencing it as well. So from a corporate culture for us, and that stood throughout the pandemic and it's embedded in elements where we're intending to drive as we mix the office space more into our go forward it's okay to be yourself at work and and less shielded types of environments so that we went directly towards that and the change curve was very small most people resisted video in the pockets of team's use we were using before the pandemic. So it really mm -hmm. took that leadership showing up that way and making that the cultural norm. Another good byproduct we've had of that, and we've gotten great feedback, is people have really appreciated that it took some of the hierarchy out of meetings, that everybody mm. lands in a, in a video way the same versus the normal seat at the table or order of who gets to speak. So having the video on was important. We also use some of the hands up feature and, and other normative behaviors. So whether you're a Zoom or a Teams or other, the video was important for us to kind of level the playing field for everybody. That's great. And, and I love that you guys engineered it from the leadership. It was a top down thing um, because I think Leading by example, obviously, is, is not only very important, but to your point, shows authenticity, right? Uh, you know, the dog coming in behind barking, you know, maybe a, a exactly. screaming, screaming kid because, you know, uh, kids were all remote from school and things last year. Um, and and that just shows everybody else in the company that, look, our leaders are, are authentic and, and the leaders can kind of get that across, you know, organically, like, look, I get it. Uh, you know, I'm in the same boat as you and I'm trying to make sense of everything um, and, you know, juggle a million things at home and work. And um, this is the new normal and it's okay. Um, it's okay that that happens. So. Um, and it's I, I okay to lean in that we were asking people to be productive in an uncertain time. So the right. other thing that it gave us, and we're, we're blending like many towards more of a hybrid work. And we talked about flexibility and flexibility really meant you've got to find the space to work, but we appreciate you, you need the space to live. So we're not going to dictate the exact hours. And we really opened up some of the aperture and norms that were a little bit different as people had to do homeschooling or other, if you need a window of the day. And, and we talked in our terms about working better and meeting better. We tried to 
create bookends in the day where we really want you to not schedule regular meetings before 9am in the morning so that you can mm-hmm. get the rhythm of your, your day going. And we want you to block out the lunch hour and we want you to have these windows. And in exchange, we know that you may have to pick up work at, at night or in different times. So this working better, meeting better and having everybody experience it together has created a, a nice organic blend for us, um, but does take some normative leadership as you described and, and what are the boundaries? That's always something that we're, we're tinkering with and I think will be a challenge for, for all going forward is how do you blend the needs? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, boundaries are a moving target <laughs> um, and you just kind of have to go with it as you go along uh, and adjust um, given the different environments that are there. So once you got everybody, you know, kind of engaged and, you know, uh, you know, technology in place and people are getting comf- comfortable with it in terms of just general, um, you know, employee engagement for all the things that uh, um, Manual Life does, um, providing, you know, the products and services that you do. Um, were there special initiatives from the employee experience side that you had to undertake? Um, I know you guys do things like Fuel Up Fridays and things like that, but special initiatives that, you know, you, you had to kind of rapidly put out. Maybe you were planning these, you know, pre-COVID, but now just kind of had to get them to the front bur- burner and fast forward them. Um, what types of, of things did you have to do? Yeah, there, there's a few that I would highlight that, that, that may be helpful for others as, as well. We certainly were looking at um, the onboarding experience for new hires um, mm-hmm. as, as a, a, a topic of interest pre-pandemic, but we really had to lean in hard uh, on how do you hire people in a pandemic virtual world and get them to start and know your culture and thrive without the, the typical experiential items. So we we worked very hard on creating uh, virtual pathing for new employees that led us to think a lot about what matters to people. And continually people were expressing challenge with the separation of, of time to think, time to learn among all the things they're, they're doing. So you mentioned a concept called Fuel Up Friday where we were giving people um, Friday as a designated day to split the day between learning initiatives and then time to either do um, personal growth items outside of learning or take time off or, or meet with, with other colleagues virtually. But we, we accelerated the, the virtual learning approaches from an experience perspective. We wanted to give people time. We created more capacity for people to tap into whether it's LinkedIn learning or we created um, unique modules for how people were achieving different work tasks in a more virtual way. We worked hard leveraging some of the onboarding approaches we were taking to create more communities. So if you think of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion and employee resource groups, 
how do those thrive in a virtual way when a lot of that work historically was driven with people connecting in the office. So a lot of our experience efforts were driven under this header of pursuit learning and creating pathways for people to engage more virtually. And we accelerated a lot, both from creating time for -hmm. people to do those things, which scheduling, and we, we talked briefly about boundaries, making it okay for people to plan in their day to do learning activities, and then certainly content that people were were craving. And, and it ranged uh, as in the beginning of the pandemic from, you know, just virtual experiences um, to, to go do team activities or, or take a virtual tour of things that people couldn't do externally to more um, specific skill set learning. Interesting. Interesting. These are all great, great ideas. Uh, I'm sure a lot of our audience will will definitely benefit from, from maybe even trying some of these things because uh, I think you had to get creative, right? Um, and some of the stuff will stick and some of the stuff maybe won't work, but perhaps some of the things that you did do now will just be part of the fabric of what you do in the future, what you're going to continuously do next year uh, and beyond. Um, so that way you're, you're prepared uh, no matter what. Um, I'm curious, um, you know, Given, uh, you know, uh, now that we're kind of, we've been in, uh, you know, the, the, the pandemic for a while and we're kind of turning the corner, even though the new variants are coming out and things like that, there is a labor shortage. Um, mm-hmm. And has that caused any kind of hiring or development challenges for you guys uh, across the, the enterprise, uh, regardless of role or things like that? Um, and how do you, how do you attract and retain the talent that you have right now as well? So certainly the attraction, retention, and having the right roster of people is is a challenge in any environment and and heightened now. So like most, we are seeing a need to be as creative as possible. And environmentally, it's interesting. And I bridge one of the things we we were just indicating with a a theme that I think has worked for us. Um, We created... uh, a, a camp manual life, which was a, a virtual event for summer camp for kids to, to give them something to do while their parents were working. And, and, and our ability to create this type of programming to allow the, the concept of people coming to work for a new company, knowing that we embrace some of their broader life needs has been important but also when to stop certain programs because the the pandemic conditions, whether they're flowing to endemic or variants and it varies around the world are changing. So as we look at talent attraction, what what are people expecting? They're expecting some flexibility with work. And so we've we've leaned in on this hybrid uh, approach to our intended work is more of a perpetual. And for us, hybrid does include the office and having people know that going into the process and knowing what some of our boundaries and and programs have been and will be has been key for us. Uh, I think candidates are looking for clarity. And I'm a big believer that there, there are people for any job type and any company culture, just don't be confused on what your company culture is. Correct. Yeah. And so yeah. we've spent more time clarifying 
than we had before because we we know it's competitive for talent and the clarity has helped us retain our, our retention is actually quite strong in the moment but also to to more quickly attract those are some of the things we're we're thinking more diligently on than we used to when it comes to the the, the ebb and flow of talent right great so what does the future look like um you know specifically in terms of um you know i know a lot of um your company and a lot of companies are in the same boat right now where everybody is remote but come january you know q1 next year we want to start to get people back into the office rotating hybrid teams and also what does the you know, what does the setup look like in the office now? Um, you know, there was this big theme pre-COVID of, you know, get everybody out of, you know, individual siloed offices, more collaborative working environments. Now, given, you know, social distancing, you know, mask wearing, uh, you know, what's, what's it going to look like inside your offices now? Yeah, it's, it's a great prompt, Yash. And, and like most, I think it will be a blend depending on the status of the pandemic and the endemic. Mm -hmm. so we, we do intend to have office utilization. We are trying to ramp and, and have ramped successfully in parts of the world. When the pandemic conditions allow, we see a lot of that in, 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 in Boston and Canada and other places intending for January. We do expect the, the workspace to be fairly common to what it was. So still use uh, cube space and, and open collaborative. The, the delta for us, I think, will really be in, in the bar that, that's more the permanent bar is how do you truly make your space innovative and leverage development. So we, we think right. you do that more by scheduling. So we're intending to have common days in office where we have much higher density because we think that that will allow people to develop, collaborate, learn from each other. That means we're gonna have to be creative on space utilization and distancing and other things that occur. But we believe that the concept of flexible schedule and hybrid where you blend home and office still should be where the majority of your people in a working team are in the same condition at the same time. So let's have more, if, if we have an on day where you're in the office, have more of the people there, or if it's an off day in terms of offsite, we, we think the challenge will be people coming into mostly empty offices if, the, if that's their designated day or being the one person who's not in the office who's remote. You know, the pre-pandemic conditions where people had challenges of the one person on the phone or, or others. So for us, we think the space will be physically fairly similar to what it was before. We need to create more meeting room space, so probably less designated office office space, have right. people be flexible to come in and out, but schedule it so that it's a common within a working team. I see. And I would imagine it's going to be different for different uh, geographical locations. Um, it might be looked different different here in Boston than what it does, let's say in Toronto or Asia, uh, where, where you've got a big presence as well. 
Yeah, I'd say that certainly the the Asia locations have been more comfortable with more mask wearing. So the uh -huh. ability to have more people in space with less distance earlier has uh -huh. been something we've monitored and the ability to wear masks for a period of time. Uh, but as you said, uh, certainly Boston and, and uh, much of our Canadian space you know, the desire is to have as much time without mask in building as you can. And so to, to have schedule timing or flexibility to, to make those things happen with conference room spacing and other is what we're looking at. Right. And in speaking of, you know, mask wearing and, and every company, I think that I've spoken to uh, has a different position on this. Yeah. Um, but just in terms of mask requirements for mask wearing and also uh, vaccine mandates, right? Or weekly testing and uh, having showing some sort of a, a negative, you know, PCR test or a molecular test, rapid test um, before coming into to the office. Is that going to be something, a requirement or some sort of, um, you know, initiative? And, you know, will you be using technology to, to have people report that? Yeah, so we, we took um, the, the month of September to leverage Workday technology, which is our, our core platform, to have people declare their vaccination status. So the, the declaration was you're, you're vaccinated, you have a religious or a medical exemption, which we required proof for, which was very few, and mm -hmm. or you're unvaccinated. Um, for people who are vaccinated, we have freedom of office movements and there's not additional testing they need to do if, if they contract COVID because we're fully aware that you can contract COVID while vaccinated. There's a specific protocol that we've enacted throughout the pandemic um, that applies to anybody who's, who's been exposed to COVID. But for the unvaccinated, uh, we, we track that as well. They're fully welcome into our offices. There's a mask requirement that's in addition to what an unvaccinated person, um, uh, an unvaccinated person has to wear a mask where a vaccinated person does not. Um, we also require biweekly testing or at least once within a three-day period. So again, with the working flexible schedules, you may only work three consecutive days and would only need one test. We do allow rapid testing as one of the options for those. Um, so again, we did track, we do believe in vaccination. We had the overwhelming majority of our employees above the typical averages in the locations we've seen who are vaccinated. So that's uh -huh. been helpful to us, but we we do embrace that that's not a choice for everybody. So we did not make it a condition of employment or a barrier to do jobs, but we did add the, the testing element for those who did not receive the vaccination. I see. Okay. Wow. So you guys have obviously thought this through. It's a, it's very detailed and lots of, lots of great ideas here. Um, but I think a lot of our audience is going to benefit from, um, and speaking of all these great ideas, um, lastly, I'd just like to ask you one of my favorite questions um, that I like to ask um, folks, um, you know, at, at your level that are doing the things that you're doing. Are there opportunities to, uh, you know, connect some of the internal employee experience, the things that you're doing right now, 
to your external brand at Manulife, right? So that essentially your people are your brand um, and your customers eventually see that. So they see the authenticity of your company, of your leadership taking a role, um, of your happy, engaged workforce. Um, and then maybe your customers look at that and evaluate that in their mind of, hey, you know what, this is a company I want to work with. Um, these are good partners. Are there any opportunities to see some of this come across in that external marketing, um, maybe down the road? We 100% believe that. Um, everything that you, you outlined in that there's actually a strong connection. Our, our our external uh, approach to, to customers and, and to business is decisions made easier, lives made better. That's related to our business. And so we've actually amplified what we've been doing internally and, and sharing some of those elements in our external messaging and in, in some of our customer and business development uh, initiatives in particular on how we approach working better, how we're approaching development of people during this time of challenge, where we're retaining productivity. We think um, that definitely leads to better consistency of experience for our customers. And so we have been showcasing some of those elements, whether it's our a pursuit learning approach or fuel up Friday, but, but our, again, our intention, we've been pretty transparent and uh, I believe firmly that employee experience initiatives, how you live your brand in the work you do does show up and whether you intend it to or not, those of our employees and, and, and those listening who represent your brand externally share what's happening with them. Their customers ask, well, hey, how's it for you during the pandemic? What's going on? What's your employer doing? And so being upfront with some of those messages, living our brand that way through experience um, and, and blurring those lines of how to connect those messages, I, I absolutely, Yash, think it is impactful for the business and then further feeds into your employee's sense of pride mm -hmm. in in their company, or at least in our case, in Manulife, and it is a virtuous uh, cycle. So we absolutely believe that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, providing intrinsic motivation for employees to, you know, be engaged, feel like they have skin in the game, the company listens to them. I mean, these are all things I think we all strive for, um, you know, as, as employee engagement, employee experience folks. Um, so some really, really great, great things I'm hearing today and great ideas. Um, so, Mike, I would just like to thank you so much for, for joining us today uh, and, and offering all your expertise and these, these great ideas. Um, I know a lot of our, our audience are, are members of SHRM and HRCI as well. Uh, and what we'll do is uh, include your uh, LinkedIn uh, link in the description of this video. So if you'd like to connect with Mike, we're all about connecting people and, you know, you want to chat about some stuff. Uh, offline, peer-to-peer. Uh, -peer. We, would, we would love to facilitate that and make that happen. So uh, definitely click on that, um, get in touch with Mike, um, send him a message and uh, keep the conversation going. Great, Yash. I really appreciated it and look forward to connecting with the group as you described.
Great. Thanks so much. And we will see you on the next podcast coming up. Stay tuned. We've got some great folks lined up for January and February as well, all around employee experience, communications, and engagements. But thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Mike. Have a great day, everyone. Get your free vaccination tracking app powered by HubEngage. Are you looking for a free, easy-to-use platform that can track vaccination status, record testing results, and screen for symptoms to keep your workplace safe? Many employers are wondering how to manage showing proof of vaccination or providing a weekly negative test result. This process could be cumbersome to set up and manage if it's not automated. At HubEngage, we'd like to help businesses like yours with this. We are offering our employee surveys platform for vaccination tracking at no cost. Yes, you heard it right, for free, to help you manage this process. It's super easy to set up, use our templates, employees can update you on a weekly basis, download QR codes, employees can scan those QR codes, and submit forms. We send you an alert when any employee reports a positive test. You can embed or publish this free vaccination tracking app within the HubEngage employee app, Microsoft Teams, Workplace by Facebook, Slack, SharePoint, or any other HRIS employee communications platform. Visit hubengage.com and get started for free today.